Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast, located in Seattle, Washington. As a church, we are a community striving to be faithfully present to God, self, and others. We hope this is an encouragement to you in your life, no matter where you are. Thanks for joining us. All right. My name's Courtney Searcy. I'm married to Josh. We've been married almost nine years, together ten years. And I had this whole thing planned out because life is busy, right? And you want to be prepared. But then God last night shook it up like he do. And obedience is more important than convenience. So bear with me. And if this sounds scattered to you, that's between you and the Lord. So um, tonight I am speaking on enduring the long winter. And more specifically, what could determine a long winter. And you're probably thinking I was asked to speak on this because my marriage is really godly and awesome because I'm married to a pastor, right? And I'm going to give you all my awesome tips and tricks, but that's wrong. I was asked to speak on this because we have endured a long winter. Um, Our marriage was really, really hard for the first several years for a lot of different reasons. So I'm actually going to share with you all of my confessions and convictions. So settle in. And like Mark said, this is a disclaimer. If enduring a winter for you means you're suffering abuse, this is not directed towards you. Um, Please seek help. It's not your fault. Paul David Tripp says your marriage doesn't exist in three to four big moments, but it's set in 10,000 little moments. What he means by that is if God doesn't rule your mundane, he doesn't rule you because that's where you live. You don't live in those three to four big moments. You live in the everyday 10,000 little moments. And I wish I would have been told that when I got married. Uh, We were told marriage isn't hard. Life is hard. And I'm like, no, marriage is hard, right? Life is hard. Marriage is also hard. Um, But that sounds obvious, right? It's not three to four big moments, but it feels like it. And I bet you guys are thinking about those little moments right now, right? Those big moments, that one thing that your spouse did, that one or two things that you did coming to your mind right now. When I think of that phrase that Paul David Tripp said, and I look back at my own marriage and the ways that I viewed and handled that cold season of winter, I think about the book of Jonah. And when you first read Jonah, it feels like you're walking into a movie right in the middle of it. He's already fleeing from God, and you're like, wait, what did I miss? So you're thinking maybe Jonah's hardships are based on several big moments, right? Maybe the storm on the ship, maybe being swallowed by a giant fish, that withering plant. And I could easily say the hardships of my marriage were based on several big moments as well. Severe family dysfunction, tragic loss and deep grief, being diagnosed with complex trauma, And then let's throw a kid or two in there, right? Sounds great. Especially one who never sleeps. And yes, those are significant, and those things matter, and those big moments of your life, they matter, and they require care and patience and compassion and counsel. But 10,000 little moments, what does that mean? And so I will give you an example. Hours ago, I noticed that the toilet paper roll was empty. And I usually don't like marriage jokes like that because it feels pretty trivial, but let's follow this rabbit trail, okay? He forgot to place 
replace the toilet paper again. I had to do it again. You know what, I actually did the dishes again. You know what, I actually changed Milo's diaper again. Man, Josh doesn't do anything. Man, I do everything. Josh is really selfish. He doesn't really care about me, does he? I'm not doing anything for him then. He doesn't deserve it. And that's not true, right? That's not true of him. And that toilet paper joke's not so funny anymore, right? But that's a, those 10,000 little thoughts throughout the day, right? That add up and add up and add up. And those thoughts took a second. And maybe those are habitual. And maybe those things pile on. And maybe those things are ruling your mundane. Those 10,000 little, cold, sinful thoughts being indulged, keeping you in the winter. And sometimes we can't change our circumstances, right? Those big moments. Sometimes we're not in control of that. Sometimes that's not your sin, and sometimes that's sin done to you. And I couldn't change my circumstances. I couldn't change that my addict father caused so much destruction to our family. And I couldn't change the fact that my mentor's husband, who was actually the man who showed me what it was to be a father, was dying of cancer. And I couldn't change my childhood and everything that came with it that led to my diagnosis of complex trauma, all within the first couple years of our marriage. I couldn't change those things. And those things are what I thought defined the hardships of my marriage. But like Jonah, it was those 10,000 little unchecked, unrepented sins of being ruled by those circumstances and not God's promises. A self-centered perspective and judgment on my spouse. Grief over my comforts, but no concern for the comforts of my husband. My own sense of justice. Self-pity. Anger and resentment. And blame. Just like Jonah, right? Not my fault, not my problem. And in chapter 4, it shows us that Jonah actually had a theologically correct view of God when he quotes Exodus 34. He said, I knew that you were a good and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, who relents concerning calamity. Because Jonah experienced that from God, right? And we've all experienced that from God. We've experienced his compassion and his steadfast love. We go to church. We're in community. We're doing all the church things, right? But Jonah was also quick to notice when things didn't happen according to his plan. And Jonah liked God's grace under his own circumstances, but not when it was extended. And Jonah got angry when things didn't go his way. And Jonah and God's desires often collided. So do you see how these little thoughts can start to rule your mundane over and over and over? Do you see how these things can keep you in the cold of winter? And I know it doesn't look like that every day. It's not like big drag-out fights and things like that, or maybe it is, but these little thoughts over time, being indulged for seconds at a time, they build and build and build. And if you're thinking about finding me after this to suggest therapy, don't worry, I'm like 10 steps ahead of you. So with the help of my counselor, I had to really work on this. I had to process the unprocessed hurt and grief of those big moments, right? 
but I had to discern those little 10,000 moments that was actually being sewn into my marriage and what was keeping us in the cold of winter. And so again, those big moments are big moments and they are significant, but that is not what was keeping us where we were at. And so when I started to work on that and discerning the lies and what I was believing about God, what I was believing about my marriage, confessing that, repenting, and asking for forgiveness is when my heart started to thaw out. And thankfully, because change is an act of grace, we have seen a lot of spring and summer over the last few years. But also, like Jonah, we have a choice. So we can say yes to God, who is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, who relents concerning calamity, or no, and sit in your thwarted desires. And that might be what determines how you endure the winter.